Before we begin today's episode, we have to give our patrons over at Patreon a shout out. And again, thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast, the music, the servers, and of course the beers. We appreciate everything you guys do. We have Kelby Goodman, Aperba, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Paul Campaneshi, Rock the Green, Hanson Screenprint, and Lauren L. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. Uh, we of course are your hosts, I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, I'm telling you we've got a truly unique topic today. Uh, something something you're passionate about. Exactly. Something that I think we both have a little bit of passion for, for sure. Um, you're really deep into music anyway. And I love music. You know, I, I, and I love what we're talking about today. I just don't really actual, like John Mayer. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and that's okay. It's right. everyone's taste. Right? You're into Grateful Dead, not Dead and Company. Exactly. You know, not the, not the other ones, you know? So, uh, but we're talking about Soundstorm. Uh, it was a little festival, little get together that happened, uh, here in Wisconsin, 1970, uh, which drew in uh, some really cool, uh, uh, you know, really cool people. Oh, yeah. I mean, from all around, too. So um, we also have uh, Wisconsin music from West Nile Crows. Uh, we have, of course, a beer review. Why wouldn't we do that? Oh, yeah. We have another edition of the infamous How Many Locos. Uh, absolutely cool stuff uh, uh, coming there. And then we also have an interview with Smitten and Sundays. You get to see some sorry products, dude. Some sorry product right here on the uh, on the podcast. So... Uh, we're really, really excited to uh, to bring this in episode 106 here. Uh, as always, please be sure to uh, visit us on all of the areas that we have. Uh, rate, like, uh, review, subscribe, that kind of stuff. Uh, really great. Uh, if you could, two minutes, maybe, tops, uh, Apple um, and Spotify, both. If you could just review us there or, or even just hit the five star. What's really uh, uh, important for us on that is uh, it helps us get into that algorithm of other of individuals and, and, and it suggests us to individuals that may not uh, listen to us already. Yeah, and word of mouth large. has been a massive thing for us. So if you guys can, just give this to a friend that you think would actually enjoy the little bit of history of Wisconsin, a little bit of Wisconsin music. Well, and, you and, know, and be sure that they understand that it's drunken history. It's like, hey, it's we're going to have a little bit of uh, uh, booze or beer, and then we're going to also uh, be telling you a really quick story about this this historical thing or this historical figure or whatever. Uh, and then we're going to show you some cool Wisconsin music and, and talk about some other really you know dope shit. So. In my opinion, you know, as long as you lead with that and let them know that it's not just going to be some dry history podcast, we're the other side of history where, hey, we're intrigued and we love doing that deep dive. But when we when we provide it to you, when we actually present it to you, it's uh, it's in a fashion that. I believe most people can enjoy. It's and like I, I think our slogan kind of sums it up really well. Your weekly dose of the dairy state. It's what it yeah. is. Like I mean, you get a little Wisconsin music, a little weird news article, some beer from Wisconsin, yeah. sometimes an interview, and then of course you get the history lesson. Exactly. Right? So uh, definitely, if you can 
mention it to somebody that uh, that you care about and somebody that you talk to that you think would actually be into the little thing that we do here, the little project that we uh, put together. Also, hey, if you're really digging some stuff here uh, with our podcast, uh, go to our website, wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Uh, you can find links to the Patreon and to our Public. Both of those are, are direct ways to... Uh, put money into our pocket to help for these things. Now, the Patreon, a little bit better in in the way that you know we get a, a, a larger amount of that money directly to us, uh, which is awesome. And uh, uh, really, what it is is uh, we, we do put out uh, special content every once in a while. It's been a little bit lacking lately. Uh, things have just been uh, a little bit more difficult, I guess, with things ramping up after the holidays. Oh yeah. But uh, the T Public then is uh, basically a way for you to buy merch with our logo on it. And so, we get a little bit of proceeds, which actually pay for the beer. And a little bit of here. kick on that, you yeah. know. So, so Eric, before you begin the episode today on Soundstorm, um, what got you into Grateful Dead? What are some of the songs that really got you into the the music here? Yeah, so I mean, uh, I think to start, you know, the the one, and, and I'm and I'm not so happy to say, but like. You know, uh, Touch of Grey, which yeah, you know, ended yeah. up being kind of their, their hit, right? Their later hit uh, from you know the 1980s that uh, I think it was their actual only number one hit or whatever, uh, or that cracked the top ten or whatever it was, and and uh, later that that really got me into um, you know the 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 Casey Jones era stuff, yeah, which is the earlier great stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Working Man's Dead and and Oxo Moxoa, that kind of stuff. Uh, just I mean, and then honestly, you know the 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 band itself is just so unique. They're all they all have such intriguing stories. Yes, um, and and honestly, I can't say anything more about the Grateful Dead without saying um, the the Amazon uh, Prime uh, little documentary that that exists out there oh, called Long great. Strange Strip. Awesome. I think it's like seven or eight or maybe nine parts or something. Uh, but they do such an incredible job, and it was actually put together with um, some of the the sons and daughters of uh, the the members of the band. Uh, I think the the main guy that was involved in it was actually Billy's uh, the drummer, uh, uh, his son. I know so. for me, it was uh, in in high school. I started reading a lot of like the authors, like the Beatnik culture yeah, exactly yep and yep. uh one specifically was ken kesey where uh, he was traveling on a bus and basically touring yep. with the grateful dead taking acid and writing great books like one flew over the cuckoo's nest and uh from that I, one of the first songs i heard was scarlet begonias one of awesome my song. all-time favorite songs by the grateful dead i've seen casey jones classic right i mean driving a train high on cocaine i wanted to be a train conductor dude i probably oh, would have done some sure. coke and some trucker speed so I, I was really into it and i love the culture i love like the peace love culture right yeah i love that like and it's just kind of like you know freedom like american freedom besides being in this in the main course that you could take right job you know 40 hour week it's, job it's, it's that, different it's the counterculture uh, exactly that, that's exactly that the word i think gets all of us uh somewhat intrigued i mean even if you're not a super a super fan i guess if you will or a deadhead if you want to go that far i mean it's kind of in my opinion it's kind of tough to be able to call yourself a deadhead, I think somebody else has to sort of label you that in order for it to be uh, legit or true or whatever that you know, whatever you want to do. But exactly, and I mean, like for me, like we're we're huge floral people. So scarlet begonias, man, we plant well, yeah, those. I, I love scarlet me, begonias. You guys got me one for my wedding. We did um, actually. 
And like I said, I mean, I think you and Rachel uh, 100% know what it is that we're talking about and what it is that we feel, I guess, when, when the music comes about. But like, um, you know, and, and we'll talk about, you know, I guess more, but like songs like Deal or like New Speedway Boogie, uh, Dire Wolf, U.S. Blues, Bertha, Franklin's Tower, uh, Peggy O, Jack Straw, Sugary. These are just like, they're just classic rock tunes that just... Uh, I mean, you know, you could listen to the, the studio versions of most of those, but uh, it's better to just pick a year, dive in, find a live thing, and, and you're going to get a whole new feel every single time, every single, every single show. Uh, it's different every single time. I think they were my introduction into bluegrass with Workman's Blues. Right. It's kind of that album kind of got me started into the bluegrass So category. much more bluegrass. Everything, yeah. everything that is Grateful Dead with uh, Pigpen involved definitely has that more jug band blues uh uh kind of uh, uh bluegrass feel i and mean you, all and of if it you is. watch those documentaries i mean originally they were playing like bluegrass kind of roots they music. were like mother mother's uh, uh jug champions or whatever yeah, is like yeah. their so they kind of name. originally started as like mountain music like they kind did of the bluegrass music but yeah. eric can you tell us a little bit about what we're dealing with today here? yeah so uh the the sound storm is is the festival if you want to call it that, that we're talking about. It was uh, uh, 1970 and, uh, you know, long-haired hippies and flower children from all across the Midwest and and even, honestly, further than that, uh, uh, really all came together um, in this really small Wisconsin farm for a weekend of peace, love, and music. I mean, honestly, like, the exact thing that you would imagine uh, happened, uh, you know, all around the, the, the country, mostly in the San Francisco area, probably. Um, hate Ashbury. Hate Ashbury. Yeah. Uh, they were experiencing this throughout that entire time. Late 1960s into the 1980s was kind of that, uh, that, that flower child kind of thing. And Soundstorm was actually just one music festival uh, in which took place in these small rural areas. I mean, uh, 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 I mean, there, there's so many of these ones that are that we've you know we've talked about even on this show we talked yeah. about one of them um, that that had happened in uh, in Wisconsin at the the state fairgrounds there, and they're just uh, really cool because they're they're generally put on by nobody that has any experience yeah. in in. As in, you can see, the Woodstock. Exactly. I mean, if you ever see those, it's just like so ghetto. How Woodstock did it, wasn't it, even supposed to be in the original area that it was in New York. It was like scheduled for two or three different venues before it it uh, finally made its way into this you know farm storm half ass construction. It was like yeah, just oh, last God. minute, like off because it could because they had to get it done so quickly, right, right. you know. And that's kind of the same idea here with with Soundstorm. Um, most the most uh, 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 I mean. The most famous of the artists that were, that played in this show, obviously Grateful Dead. We've talked about it a little bit already at the top of the show, but those were the you know that the, the big artist. Uh, uh, but most of it was just kind of local, uh, more regional artists. Uh, but Grateful Dead played like a five-hour set. Wow, I mean that's pretty typical for right. Grateful Dead. Right? So this was April 1970. Uh, you know, and, and we I guess we all know April weather in Wisconsin. Hit or miss. Um, hit or miss. It's for always sure. hit or miss. It could be uh, an absolute gorgeous day or it could be snow you know so you're kind of rolling the dice there but this is in Poinette, wisconsin kind of north of madison just a little bit there um of all places right uh but this is just a few months after woodstock so it kind of made sense you know mm -hmm. they, they were just out in the middle of a farm field uh so is this this is kind of that same idea but um 
I mean, everybody and anybody wandered to this farm because they had, had kind of replicated that same feel of Woodstock. You know, not quite as many artists, not quite as big of a production, but uh, put on the same idea. The you Northwood know? stock. Exactly. Northwood so. stock. There you go. Oh, I oh like yeah. That. The Northwood stock. Yeah, there, I like guys. it. Hey, yeah. Just go check it out there, bud. But uh, there was a local promoter uh, of youth events who had the initial idea for Soundstorm, uh, but that was before uh, Pete Bobo. Obranovich uh, showed up. This guy, uh, Pete, he was a biker. Uh, he had been uh, living uh, on the West Coast and had met the Grateful Dead uh, in San Francisco, Haight-Ashbury, like we said before. Yep. And he had actually stayed for a while uh, well at Ken Kesey's farm. Yeah, Ken I just Kesey, talked about I loved Ken Kesey, yeah. the beatnik author. We all and know. they were the the original pranksters. Uh, that was kind of the, the original idea that I got on the bus, that kind of thing. Um, Ken Kesey, like you said, uh, an author, uh, obviously, of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Amazing individual. But he also used to run these acid tests. Oh, yeah. Um, the electric Kool-Aid acid test. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, <laughs> Grateful Dead, I, they had been known as the band that played for these, but they rarely ever played. Uh, and if they did, it was for maybe a few minutes. You know, everybody on acid was was distracted essentially they I mean they would they would be able to, to tap into a different area of the of the mind that that you know gave them so much more happiness and joy uh if they weren't doing you know necessarily a, a constructed with, task as i always know? say you connect with the dirt yeah i mean that's basically you're it connected is. to mother earth you you're can feeling see, too you can much see the vibrations know? and yeah. yeah so uh this is you know pete Oban- pete obranovich uh bobo is what you know he, he's a biker he, he, you know, he, he absolutely had that uh, option or uh, had the opportunity rather to meet Ken Kesey and be out in, in, in the Grateful Dead era of, of the 1960s that uh, we all hear about and we, we talk about. So um, he, he lived to make very little money, ride his bike and have a good time. Those were his absolute objectives. And that was all he wanted. That's all he envisioned. You know, it, it, it basically just wanted to do um, um, something you know, just, just for other people and, and actually create. So he envisioned doing this, this festival for like tens of thousands of people, uh, and, and make them happy. So, um, the dead were actually not famous by 1970, really still, they were, uh, uh playing really small shows. Festivals was a huge gathering for them. Um, but it really hadn't taken off. I mean, in, in all reality, they probably had their, their, their most devoted and close followers kind of early, but not like uh, this, this national act. So um, they were still very young. All of them were really, really young. Honestly, Ronald Pigpen McKernan, uh, the, the guy that we keep talking about, keyboardist, but also really, really influential piece of the early dead, he died by 27 he's part of the 27 club so this just gives you an idea of just how young these individuals are they're all in their mid-20s so um all still in 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 this one house in in san francisco uh uh ashbury area that we said and uh, uh really not a national sensation so just think of them as basically west coast hippies it's yeah. like the best idea um, local officials in Poinette, which is where this uh, uh, festival had happened, uh, did everything in their power to actually stop it. They That's did not want rural Wisconsin. There. Yeah, so didn't like it. Not nothing progressive in rural Wisconsin. Exactly. Either, so. There you go. Um, 
basically a, a, a small town, very idyllic, uh, exactly what you would imagine, like Andy Griffith kind of shit is. And several hundred people were, were very uh, uh, offended by this idea, very against it, didn't want it to happen. Uh, they were terrified of being outnumbered uh, 20 to 1 by the beatniks and hippies, like Russ said. Uh, that's the kind of crowd that's going to be there. But I don't know that they really understood uh, uh, the type of individuals that would actually follow the dead. You know, they, they were they were misinformed. It's, it's as somebody different than the country bumpkin. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not they're not like you. They're a little outside the box. Right? So you fear. Exactly. Automatically you, they're fear, different. You know? Anything different. So uh, as one uh, person actually said, we didn't know if they'd smash the windows or burn the whole town down. So exactly, I mean, they they were just uninformed, misinformed potentially, and just feared uh, the unknown. So uh, that actually gained some press, and uh, a, a one grandmother actually up in Poinette, who had a big sprawling farm, lots of land, uh, didn't actually get along with uh, uh, her neighbors. Uh, so like perfect opportunity here. Yeah. Um, she said, "Why don't you come up here, and we'll see if uh, if we can have it up here." Sounds yeah. like the, the exact uh, thing that I'd expect any Wisconsinite grandmother to say, like, well, why don't we just give it a shot up here? Why don't we see if we can do it? You oh, know? Burb, let's have these guys, these poor boys come let's, up here. Let's and have set the up. poor boys come up there and see what they can do. So this individual is Irene York. This is the York Farm. So imagine this is just a big, big, big open field where you would normally plant crops or, you know, just have lines of trees or, you know, whatever. Uh, it turned out to be the perfect place for a festival, and she actually agreed to let them lease the land for that little weekend for five thousand dollars. Not bad, five thousand dollars in nineteen seventy. Yeah, for planting money though, that's pretty good, and that's good that's money for her. Yeah. Pretty fucking amazing. It is. Um, so her son actually said in an interview, "Mother didn't care what the people of Poinette thought, and she told them that." That's cool. She was absolutely honest, and. She was brazen enough to be like, fuck you. Irene is one of those cool grandmas we all wish to have. Yes. So. Yeah. She basically just said, fuck you. I don't care. We're having this fucking festival and, you know, you can go pound sand. I don't care. So meanwhile, tens of thousands of people streamed in and out of the York farm over the course of that one weekend. Like I said, that was in April. Um, the weather was actually gorgeous. We talked about right. this. It, it, it's not like weather. Woodstock where they had like those massive storms Rains come through. And, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Where they'd cover amps and electrical exactly. cords and like Yeah, the first the first day of, of, of it was that like was a like pretty nasty awful. Nasty weather. So uh, the temperature was around eighty degrees. It was gorgeous and sunny. Um nothing could have been even better for this. Nobody could have predicted that either. There was actually a little creek behind the stage. Uh, people swam uh, naked, of course. Of co- yeah. Uh, played in the mud. Now, this wasn't mud like Woodstock. You know, this was mud this from is far- the actual... This is farm runoff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. This wasn't even mud. This was <laughs> This is farm horseshit. runoff. Yeah, this is, these are turds. Yeah, this is turds. Uh, but there was there was always the, kind of that, that fragrance of marijuana in of the course. air. But uh, at the time, this wasn't even illegal, I don't think, right? Uh, it wasn't until like 1980s. Oh, no, especially in rural Wisconsin in the 70s. If you had yeah. marijuana on you, that's like, oh, my God, that's the end of yeah, the I don't, world. Yeah, I don't think that it was necessarily illegal at the time. I don't think it had the same uh, uh, negative kind of perception as it does now. But, uh, uh, but either way. Kind of the same idea as what happens in today's yes. concert and festival. You know, the whole thing is like there's you're always going to get that little waft of uh, skunkiness in the air. Same thing here. 
there was no fights. There was no injuries. Nothing, nothing love, negative happened. Def- yeah, definitely awesome. So even the locals that were so against it and, and had no idea what was going to happen, uh, I think were possibly surprised by the fact that there was literally no legal uh, uh, actions taken at all. I mean, this was a, a totally normal, peaceful event. So... Almost everyone uh, that uh, that can recall this thing, they remembered it vividly uh, as it changed their lives in some way, somehow. Uh, all of them had very positive things to say about Soundstorm uh, happening there in Poinette, just outside of Madison. Uh, and it proved to them that it was possible for 30,000 plus strangers uh, to get along peacefully without knowing each other, without really knowing anything about it. Uh, and and. It just because of the music, essentially. I mean, uh, nature and music. I yeah, mean, I mean, I mean, when you when you think about that crowd, though, I mean, it's a pretty peaceful crowd. It's not like the twenty year olds that are out at the bar, drunk, fighting. You know what I mean? Like these are people that are peace and love from the from the get go, right? from from the jump. Exactly. Exactly. They have so, a mindset completely different than uh, somebody who's you know judgmental and closed off, closed minded. But Eric, this is an amazing piece of history. And um, where did you end up finding some of this information out? Because this is just incredible. Yeah. So um, Wisconsin Historical Society does have uh, some bits and pieces and, and articles written about it. Uh, WisconsinLife.org also has great articles and, and, and uh, a great little piece on it with pictures uh, from the actual event. I mean, they have pictures of Granny York uh, out in the farm actually setting things up. They have pictures of the people in the creek. They have pictures of the Grateful Dead on the property at the site during the show, which you can see a no-beard uh, Jerry Garcia, big fro, of course, but playing his SG, which he doesn't play the Gibson SG for very long before he switches over to Gator, uh, which is a, a Strat, and then he switches over to a bunch of these other guitars, Tiger and and uh, um, amazing guitars that were actually like custom made for him. But then you can also see a very skinny, very young Phil Lesh. You've got Ronald Pigpen McKernan. They're actually wearing almost the exact same shirt. One of them says Fillmore West. One of them says Fillmore East. Really cool stuff. And, and like I said, whether you're super into the dead or you're just maybe learning about them now for the first time, uh, very cool stuff exists for the dead in Wisconsin, Soundstorm. And then also if you look at uh, their stuff from uh, Woodstock and uh, a bunch of other festivals they've played. Uh, but really, really unique history. This is and, awesome. and so cool that they played here uh, that early on. Well, thank you for informing me and the listeners on this one. This yeah. is a great uh, this is a great episode. Very cool. All right, so now we're on to our music segment. Uh, of course, we have a beautiful uh, Milwaukee-based band, uh, as we normally do. Uh, you know, uh, with with the, the main, theme, the with, theme works with the main segment. A little bit of psychedelica here. I, I think it. I think it's working out great. So yeah, well, West Nile Crows is the band name. Genre is kind of like psychedelia. A little bit of that '60s '70s uh, psychedelic rock. 80s dream-ish, if you want, dream pop, uh, uh, kind of in the uh, uh, 2000s indie pop Kind of like kind a of strokes, strokes era a little bit with right. some psychedelica on it. Like, yeah. That's great. The, the one thing that, I, and, and now this is going to be a stretch for most people, but there's a band called Goose. Uh, they're not necessarily local to us at all, but uh, they are kind of in that same idea, Fish, uh, Grateful Dead, kind of uh, psychedelic rock, but also improv rock or a jam band kind of thing. These guys sound 
right there. And and Goose is amazing. So for me to be able to say like West Nile Crows is like our Milwaukee equivalent to Goose, I'm sure that they would take that as an absolute compliment either way. And these guys just put out such amazing music. Yeah, and they're like a four-piece rock band, basically from Milwaukee, like we said. Um, this track that we chose is just phenomenal, right? Yeah, Come Easy uh, is the track that we happen to land on um, for no particular reason. Let's just be honest. And let's, it's, let's just, just, it's a good song. Let's just throw out that the uh, we got it. So the cover of the artwork is like a total psychedelic trip out acid. Yeah, I mean, it's you can great. definitely see uh, some uh, fractals and colors. Fractals. And- you know what these all remind me of is like, you remember those airplanes that come off the trees? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like those, but after the fall has hit and there's no more connected fibers in, in between, so you just have the kind of stronger things. And in between where those connected fibers were is like a lava lamp or, oh, or, yeah, for or sure. a tie-dye. Um, just, but very this, cool. I'm glad you chose this song. This song's phenomenal. It goes it with is. our episode today. Yeah. So. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Again, uh, we're going to let you enjoy this now. It's West Nile Crows, Come Easy.
All right. That was phenomenal. Uh, West Nile Crows, everybody. Uh, the the music itself is uh, amazing. And then you throw in uh, the the vocals, the, the lyrics, uh, everything just flows. It's, it's so good. And, and I promise you, it's not that's not the only thing they got. I mean, they've got a, a catalog uh, of music for you to check out and for you to listen to. So I, I encourage everybody, uh, go and check it out. I, I think that you're absolutely going to love it. And um, th- like I said, the type of music just absolutely flows with today's uh, whole theme. And then um, now, I mean, we're, we're just going to jump right in here. So to kind of keep with the episode, we have our beer review today. And, uh, t- and you know, with the Ken Kesey and the electric acid Kool-Aid yep. test, I think this one kind of fits in pretty well. And why? Because you said Kool-Aid. There's a Kool-Aid man on the can. There is a Kool-Aid man on this fucking can right here. And um, for those that don't, for like the 90s kids, that, or maybe yes, like our perfect. younger, maybe our, our older audience that does remember this, there was a high C that was released probably like in the 90s called, it was like a... Uh, Ecto Ecto Cooler Ecto Cooler and yeah. it had Slimer on it from anyone who loves Ghostbusters which yep. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan I always have been yeah. since my entire life and the new movie's awesome by the way Ghostbusters 1 and 2 I love uh, the, the, new the one with the girls good. I wasn't really fond of I like the new one I didn't check the new one out the new one's good it's actually really with good you like it it kind of like it's nostalgia because they bring okay. back some of the original which okay. it's really good so this one we're drinking today is the uh, cooler ecto cooler yeah beer it is and this one's another one we have from uh, eagle park brewing company here in the hometown of the studio uh, mosquito wisconsin and this one is just a phenomenal beer i mean I, what can i say more about it it's five percent abv by volume you're getting like the, the hints of that high c like ecto cooler 100 it's super delicious yeah there's tangerine all over this damn thing i mean it's just absolutely kind of that like high c lime and tangerine yeah. kind of i mean and the, can, the color is even perfect the it's can like is psychedelica of all time yeah. i mean you got the you got like the kool-aid man wearing like these like Blue and orange, like striped pants, tripping out Zuba on acid. Pants, yeah. Totally tripping out on acid. Um, you got like these black holes where ghosts are coming out of. You got like this like psychedelic background where it looks like a lava lamp going on. It's actually, a cool can. I think I might be able to hear Ray Parker Jr. It's coming in. Hello, holy smokes. So yeah, absolute phenomenal taste. Very fruity. You know, even though it is a beer, it actually. They did such a good job at replicating the flavor of the high C. There's yeah. not much of the maltiness at all. It's That's more of crazy. like the, the lime and the tangerine of the high C that we used to drink as kids. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely, but it's it's bonkers. It's bananas. Uh, the fact that uh, they were able to to replicate and capture the the taste from the old high C ecto cooler. Uh, right into this uh, boozy drink. It's it's almost dangerous. It is. Like, I could sip this down, dude. Like, Put on Ren and Stimpy, Rugrats, Doug, go back nostalgia and just suck these suckers down. I could yeah. totally do it, dude. 90s, 90s is up. Yeah, have a Nickelodeon 90s uh, weekend. Oh, heck yeah. Suck some Ecto Cooler uh, by uh, Eagle Park here. So, Eric, where did you actually pick this one up? Did you actually go to Eagle Park to get this one? I did, one? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The best place to, to find most of this stuff, uh, if, if we feature it from a brewery that's kind of local, I always find the best place is to actually physically go and locate it uh, at the brewery. Do a take home. Uh, if they got six packs, that's what's great about these. Uh, uh, Eagle Park pretty much cans everything. Um, if, if it's not, then you can usually do some sort of uh, 
Growler. And do you know anything about this one? Is it going to be a limited release? Because we should probably, you guys got to get out there and get this one before it's gone. I think it is a limited release beer. I haven't had any issues getting it recently. Uh, this has been months. So I'm hoping it is on their 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 all-time list. Uh, so far, I think it has been. Uh, but Russ might be right. It also very well could be uh, something that's limited. So I would encourage everybody to make their way to either the uh, the 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 Muskego location, or they also have a location downtown. And when it comes to this beer, it's technically like a malt beverage, technically. So it, it is, is very malt, malty, yeah. but the flavor is just, I don't know. It seems like they literally squeezed high C into this brew. Yeah, it, it absolutely, it replicates it so well. And I just burp now, and I'm literally getting like the vitamin C coming like, up. Oh, <laughs> it's cool. like, whoa, vitamin C, here I we go. I see, bro. <laughs> I see, dog. That's awesome. You know, Do you remember, too, Ed, so this is kind of like an old thing, and I don't know if they ended up bringing this back, but do you remember McDonald's, the orange high C you could get? Yeah, they did. They just brought it back. They did. That yeah. was like the best drink you could get at McDonald's as a kid. Uh, yeah, I, the, the minute I saw it, I was actually on my way home from some sort of a family event, and, and I, I looked at Andrea, and I said, we got to stop. I you said, gotta we got to get a Diet Coke from McDonald's and we got to get a high C because I mean, dude, of course, McDonald's Coke, McDonald's diet Coke, best thing you can possibly get. Throw that high C in there. Oh yeah. It is an absolute dream. Oh yeah. It just brings you back to the best fountain drinks period. But again, today we're drinking the uh, cooler Ecto cooler from Eagle park brewing company, 5% ABV Stop by Eagle park in the home of the studio here in Muskego. Grab a seat, gather Join us for a chat. How many locos you at? All right, folks, you know what that means. It's that time again for how many locos you at. And to stick with the uh, Poinette, Wisconsin area, we have a great DUI coming in from uh, Poinette, Wisconsin. So, uh, Eric, you want to lead us into this one? Yeah, so uh, a man has been arrested for his sixth OWI after police came to his house. Uh, anytime, good. anytime the police show up at your yeah. house, it's usually uh, a negative uh, uh, thing. So, uh, this individual from Poinette, fifty-one years old, is charged with OWI fifth or sixth offense, uh, it, which is a Class G felony either way. So, so that's prison time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anytime right. you're over that, that anytime you're at the number four or higher, it's it's a felony. So. Uh, this individual was in front of Columbia County Judge Troy Cross on October 5th for his initial appearance uh, after his October 1st arrest. Uh, this individual was also charged with misdemeanor operating while revoked uh, and ignition interlock device tampering slash failure to install slash violate court Ooh. order. So it's essentially he probably just didn't even have the interlock device uh, installed in the vehicle. He's a class act. Doesn't seem like he tampered with it. I don't think he... He just didn't do anything. Old, he probably just didn't do anything. He's driving a car that uh, doesn't have one in it. So uh, online court records show that this individual posted a $500 cash bond on Monday, uh, which, yeah, I guess for most people isn't that difficult to do. Um, according to the criminal complaint, Columbia County Dispatch... Uh, advised a sheriff's deputy of a traffic complaint of a black SUV changing lanes for no reason and crossing over the center line on Oof. Highway 16-51 near Highway P south of Portage. Uh, the deputy, Jordan Reamer, spoke of the reporting party on a direct phone line. Uh, and, and, and 
the witness said that the driver was a man in his 50s or 60s, short hair, wearing a gray T-shirt and glasses, and was the only occupant in the SUV. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like him. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, that officer that took that call uh, looked up the license plate reported by the uh, witness, and the DOT record showed it was in fact this Poinette address. Uh, the deputy then went to the address and recognized uh, the individual from past contacts. Oh, That's never good. You don't I know be, you. You don't want to be recognized. Uh, this individual was allegedly wearing a gray T-shirt and glasses when the officer spoke with him. So he looks exactly like the person called. <laughs> um, as the uh, deputy approached the individual, uh, that individual said, no, I wasn't driving. I'm uh, inebriated. I couldn't have been driving. <laughs> Look at that, buddy. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, the uh, individual told the officer a buddy was driving his vehicle and was now at Hooker's Resort. Sounds like, a sure. great, sounds like a great place to me. I'm not sure what Do they have an hourly rate? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> what is their menu? Uh, I'm not sure what Hooker's Resort is, but uh, we, we have to look into that. Um, the uh, the deputy then said the story was implausible because the officer had been coming from that direction, and if someone was walking from there, uh, he would have seen it. Like it, It's absolutely not right. possible. He, there was no one else in the car. It was this guy. Yeah. Straight up. So, so uh, the deputy asked some questions about the buddy, and the individual stated his name was John. That uh, sounds like a pretty generic. I, that's that's a, what I would say. Oh, that was my buddy John. That was a John. There probably. might have been John or Jeff. I yeah, don't probably remember. Probably John or Joey. <laughs> or Jeffy. Bill. 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 <laughs> Joe. <laughs> uh, but was unable to give a last name, of course, or a phone number, of course. John I don't, I don't remember Jacobs. John's no, I don't know what his name is or yeah, his yeah. phone number. I don't remember. Um, the the uh, complaint states a second witness was at the uh, residence. Uh, he told the deputy he had been driving the car. And that uh, the the uh, the the person with the OWIs had not been driving the car. It was just John from the Hooker Resort. No, yeah, don't worry. Uh, I was here, and the entire time I was the one driving, not this guy. Um, but that witness actually later told the officer he was lying because he did not want uh, the individual to get in trouble. Hmm. Oh boy! Now your buddy ain't no he ain't no help to you, buddy. Uh, the individual refused to take a field sobriety test and was arrested for operating a motor vehicle while intoxicated. Uh, court records show that this individual has been convicted of OWI five times uh, before going back to 1992. Uh, and he was also convicted twice in 2004, Oof. in 2014, and most recently in 2016. So this guy's got this a, a hell of a rap sheet. Uh the uh, deputy also found that the individual is required by law to have an ignition interlock device, uh, which uh, the deputy reported that the vehicle did not have the IID. So, uh, like we said at the beginning, he just didn't even do it. Like yep. he just is failing to to require uh, to do what the law and the court requires him to do. So, uh, the deputy also reported that the individual uh, his license was never reinstated following the 2016 conviction. So we're talking this dude just uh, for five years. Didn't even give a shit. Um, yeah. Bad. You know what? You know the good thing is he's located in Portage, which is right by the prison there. So that's where he'll be. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's close to home, right? Yeah, that won't be so bad. It's close to home. All of his friends, John and whatever Send me to his name is. It's just right up the road. You can, <laughs> John and whatever the fuck his last name is, can fucking come visit this asshole. Um, so anyway, uh, he is due back in court. 
uh, in uh, December. This was actually last December. So something has happened to this individual. We just don't know exactly so, what it was. So we do know he did make it home. So he's definitely drunk. He's uh, He has some tolerance. He has six OWIs. He looks like shit, though, in the picture of him in his orange jumpsuit. He just wants to take a, a little sleep. It looks like he's already napping. They were like, can you stand here for a picture? I don't know. I got shit to do about napping. I got a mow the lawn. Yeah, oh, I actually up. have to take a nap to do. So it wasn't me. It was John Hooker Hotel. <laughs> Hourly Hooker <rate>. Hotel. <laughs> Hooker Resort. Hooker Resort. He's got it. John. It's John. I don't know. His I don't know. He doesn't have a cell phone number. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. I I kind of got a number. I mean, the guy has some tolerance. He's a little tired. Oh, now. this guy's a beefcake, dude. He's he's don't <laughs> don't even with me All on right. this one. This guy is a fucking. Tolerance professor. That's what I'm saying. He like, knows his shit. He knows how to game. He, this dude is. He's been. He's been through. He's run through the course a few times. He's, he's just fooling some there. motherfuckers right now. So, so I'm. I'm going to be honest. I think I have a number, Eric. Do you have a number? Oh, let me tell you. I have got a number. All right, let's do this. All right, three, two, one, twenty. 10. You think twenty, dude? This guy is fucking. Blessed. Are you serious? Like he made it home he's got though, tolerance, dude. Tolerance, bro. So we're gonna have to meet in the middle here. He's fifty something with a 51, tolerance, bro. He's a tolerance. Like you, you think he's at a twenty local? You think he could suck down twenty cans and be or uh, twenty cans, five yeah, cans, five, five cans. cans? You think he could? Yeah. You know what? I'll come up a little more on you then. Do you want to go eighteen local and settle this? I could go. Yeah. You, you go eighteen local and settle this one, yeah. Eric. Do you want a law and order this bitch? All right. Today we're here at Grant, my cousin. The sorry products coming up. Uh, from Smitten and Sundays, and you may recognize Sari's have been an entrepreneur in the Northwoods there with uh, Sari Cabins, Sari Petroleum. You know you know how we do. So I'm here with Grant um, from Smitten and Sundays today to talk about his business. Grant, go ahead. Yeah, so Smitten and Sundays is a candles and wax melt company. About two years ago when the pandemic was really kicking off, my wife Morgan was buying candles, and, you know, I'm like, well, why the hell don't we just start making these things, you know? Yeah. So we we got all the stuff for it, you know, got some wax, got a, a nice melter to do it pretty easy and quick and started buying some scents and mixing away. And the name Smitten and Sunday was kind of, Morgan is the creative one. She deals with all the scents and, uh, you know, every, everything creative to go with it. But so the name kind of just comes with kind of how we are as people, you know, we're we're smitten we love sundays the weekend is where we want to be you know that relaxed kind of wisconsin mindset almost you know oh yeah kind of that cabin and, uh, that cabin you know you're in love it's a sunday you're just kind of chilling on the couch you got a nice candle yeah. going you know it's perfect yeah you know you got your candles going you got your your drink of choice and you're just enjoying your damn sunday you're not doing a damn thing that day exactly yeah so you can, can you tell us a little bit about um, some of the uh, scents we can look for? Yeah. Yeah. So usually we have kind of like our, our main line, which is the first ones that we created. And, you know, they're all unique scents to us where Morgan, we call her the sensei. She's the one that deals <laughs> with all that. That's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, she just, you know, we got a little corner. She gets down there. She starts opening up all the oils, smells them, you know, She'll even hold them at different heights so she can kind of gauge, you know, how much of one to put into the other to kind of figure out how she wants them to smell. So, yeah, we got yeah. our main line, and then almost every season, you know, we're going to come out with special ones. We had specials for Christmas where Morgan will do special candles, and she does special things to the 
glass. She did a special limited run for Valentine's Day. So there's always new stuff popping up. She's always getting new oils and doing stuff, you know, just like that, where got to get it when you can. Yo, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. you got to get those limited release up in your cabin in the Northwoods there, guys. Yeah, and I was going to oh, ask yeah. too, when, when she's uh, uh, kind of experimenting with scents and, and uh, uh, getting a feel for, you know, what maybe work with, you know, something else or, or like you said, the distance, you know, at which you can smell one versus the other. And does she also use um, uh, coffee beans to sort of cleanse that, that nostril palate? Uh, not usually, to be honest. She's, okay. She just goes in and one after another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is great. I mean, honestly, if you, if you, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, I like cologne. I'm, I'm sure, you know, that the, you know, the, the idea is kind of similar, but you know, the, you have to work with the body, you know, pheromones and heat and all that stuff of how somebody's going to react to it. But candles are nice because, uh, you know, they're all going to burn pretty much the same way. It's just how, how it kind of comes through. And with somebody like Morgan, you know, she probably has that, that better touch and better feel of, of, you know, what's going to work with the other thing and, and how somebody's going to want their house to smell, uh, you know, during this time of season and stuff. So that's amazing. And it does take such a creative palette and, and, and creative mind. Yeah. And that's really what she does. You know, she tries to rather than create scents, she's more creating a moment or, you know, if you read all the names on our Etsy shop, they all have descriptions of what they are and what you're supposed to get out of them. And it's really more of something you're supposed to feel in a, you know, something like a memory or bring you to a different destination. Which is awesome. I mean, because that's kind of what you want. Uh, smell is, is I, well, and I might be wrong on this. Correct me if that's the case. Uh, but smell is the thing that you remember the most. Like a smell w- could could completely bring you back to uh, a certain moment or a certain memory uh, just just by that that pure, quick little scent. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, I think we all have that scent. One of my favorite scents that always jumps to my mind is just like in my parents' house they had their cleaning closet, and yeah. that smell is just something sticks in my head. I can I can smell it just thinking about it. You know, and I think a lot of people have that. I always takes I, me back to the spiral staircase in the house. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I always I one of my favorite scents. Like I always like fresh cut grass, and I really like the smell of hay. Like I don't know what it is about those scents, but I just love those two scents. That's because you don't have a refined palate, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> he only so, likes grass, dirt, and <laughs> fro- and like dog shit. <laughs> yep, that, that's the farmer blood. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna get him some smitten and Sundays, and that and, way he can actually have some decent stuff around the house. And let's let's just let's just throw it out there. If you're gonna make like a sorry scent, please don't use me in your scent catalog. It's gonna be vanilla. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be vanilla and cow shit. <laughs> you know, I think that might sell. You it think? Might. Oh, maybe. It probably would. You, PBR and oh, uh, we like, just talked about Country Thunder. You could sell a ton of these there. Stale beer. And <laughs> oh, the, con- the country blunder. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you say that because we just had an article we were reading about this. It just it gets so wild out there. It's a country blumpkin there. But, oh yeah, I I used to work down in Lake Geneva. They would always come up and rent wave runners from us, and they hadn't showered in about three days, so that was their shower. Exactly. It was it was beautiful. Falling off the wave runner was their uh, bathe bathing. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about on Green Lake there. Uh, I was out fishing one day, and uh, I ended up puking in the lake, and one of the skiers came and just biffed it right into the right, <laughs> right into the rust oil. It was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> They're probably from Illinois. They deserved it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, but, 100%. But Grant, can you uh, tell us a little bit more? Where can we find you and where can we like you on social media if uh, people want to learn more about Smitten and Sundays? Yes, we're at Instagram, just at Smitten and Sundays. If you search us up on Etsy, we're there. That's where we sell majority of our stuff. Or if you know you're in the Rock County area, Fort Atkinson Jellystone on Saturdays. You'll find us out awesome. there. Great. Yeah, Grant, thank you so much for taking the time this Sunday to talk about Smitten Sundays. And uh, I definitely de- need uh, quite a few because I'm a pretty stinky guy. So uh, <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to load yeah. up soon. You we'll, better believe it. We, we will use a small portion of our budget to get him at least one candle uh, to light while he's uh, in the bathtub. <laughs> I'll put it under my shirt because I need it. (laughs) There you go. But, Grant, thank you so much for taking the time this Sunday, and um, thank you for uh, everything, man. I I love you guys. Yeah, all the best to you and Morgan. Yeah, thank you, guys. Got to say, love the show. Great to listen to while I'm smashing away my computer at work. Awesome. Uh, Awesome, Grant. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.